It's not necessarily about arguing with other people that are wrong, or even challenging those that are using the things of God for own personal and carnal gain. It's about getting our relationship right with the Lord and following Jesus in spirit and in truth. It's about learning how to love the Lord more and more as time goes by and being more concerned over what He wants us to do about doing the Father's will than about looking to accomplish what we want. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. In today's message, we'll be talking about contending earnestly for the faith. With all of the varying difficulties that our Christian faith faces today, it is getting even harder to know what the right path is to stay on. And aside from the regular challenges the world inflicts, we have that much more internal issues within our Christian community. There are more lies and false teachings today than ever because there are more people with evil intentions in the ministry than before. But no matter what the cost, for our own sake, we need to continue contending earnestly for our faith in Christ. Today's message is inspired on the Epistle of Jude, chapter 1. Let us pray to the Lord together. Heavenly Father, Lord God, blessed be your name. Hallowed and glorified be your name. Your kingdom come, Lord. You will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Blessing and honor and praise be to you, O Lord, for you are worthy to be praised. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, O God, humbly, as always, for your forgiveness, for your mercy, and for your grace. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we depend on your mercy and grace. Thank you, O Lord, for your love. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, for your guidance, for your strength. I pray, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, that you may help us, O Lord, to be able to see your truth, your ways clearly, and what we need to be careful with. Help us, O Lord, Heavenly Father, to understand the things that are wrong for us and to be able to, Lord God, stay in faith in you. Blessed are you, O Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be reading today from Jude chapter 1. This is the word of the Lord. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day, as Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. 
Likewise also, these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dare not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know. And whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are spots in your love fests, while they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves. They are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last times who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. In this epistle or letter, the Holy Spirit inspires Jude to write to believers that are in danger of being deceived by those who take advantage of the gospel for their own evil intentions. He exhorts them to contend earnestly for the faith. What does he mean by contending earnestly for the faith? There is a danger in that these evil men, these apostates, drag people away from the truth. That's the problem. If a person is not careful, they can be lured into their evil schemes and also lure other unsuspecting people that are less prepared or are naive to their devices. Ever since the beginning of the universal church, there have been people with evil intentions. We see this even in the original 12 apostles. There was Judas Iscariot, for example. He was a person that was chosen by the Lord to serve. He had been exposed to the message just as the other disciples had been. He had seen all of the signs and wonders the Lord performed just like the others. But instead of following the Lord, he turned to follow the world and its pleasures in his heart. He betrayed the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. His love for money was greater than God himself. And these apostates follow the same path. They involve themselves in the things of God on purpose. And instead of being captivated by God and his truth, they would rather continue looking for the vanities and temporary things of this world. The word apostate is used to describe these people in our terms. What is an apostate? An apostate is a person that abandons a religious belief or principle. 
So the issue is that these people had been drawn into the things of God. They were exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But rather than turning to God with their hearts, they saw other opportunities. They may have believed at some point, but then turned away in their hearts against the Lord. Now, some may think that they entered the things of God with this end to take advantage of certain opportunities, but their corruption may also have occurred while following the Lord. No one is free from falling into the wrong things unless they are careful and maintain a pure and undefiled faith before the Lord. What are the ways that we can see who these apostates are? The Bible teaches that by their fruits, you shall know them. Fruits become apparent through a person's actions. There are three things that fuel these people. And we see this through the examples of what happened with others in the past when he says, Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the era of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. So for instance, the first one is that he talks about the way of Cain, referring to Cain that killed his brother Abel. The way of Cain means that they are dominated by envy. Why did Cain kill Abel? Because he envied Abel. Abel found favor before the Lord because he provided a better offering. Abel had offered the first and best that he had to the Lord. Cain did not. It just says that Cain offered to the Lord in Genesis. And so envy came into Cain's heart and to such a degree that he went ahead and killed his younger brother. Envy fills many people's hearts, especially these people that try to use the things of God for personal gain. The second instance we are given is the heir of Balaam. Balaam was a prophet that allowed himself to be hired to curse Israel and to do it for a price. Balaam was overtaken by the love of money. Some of these people are dominated by their love of money. And the Bible warns in 1 Timothy chapter 6 about this love for money, where it says, But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. The love of money can be seen clearly in many people in the ministry today. They use the things of God to gain wealth from others and live a lavish lifestyle as a result. And of course, they use the word of God in a way that is attractive to the masses to manipulate them by appealing to people's carnality. And of course, they teach enticing lies rather than the truth of God for salvation and eternal life. The third example that he gives is this rebellion of Korah. These are dominated by their desire to have power and exercise dominion over other people. They don't follow the structure that God created. Korah and others rallied people against Moses and Aaron, attempting to take control over people and do away with the order that God had created. God teaches in his word that if you want to serve the Lord, that others' needs take precedent over your own needs. When serving God, you need to be completely selfless. These people get into the Lord's work so that others can serve them and their evil and carnal desires. They turn people to their own service rather than help people find their purpose in Christ. And so, whenever people choose to use the things of God for their benefit, for whatever reason, and don't follow God with the right intentions, they're going down a path of no return. And why can it be a path with no return? Because they have hardened their hearts and to the point where they don't fear God anymore. 
They have grown completely insensitive to the things of the Lord. And that is a very dangerous place to be at. And the Bible gives this warning in Hebrews chapter 6, where it says, For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. And so quite simply, if a person attempts to use the Lord for their own benefit, governed by their envy or their love of money or their desire for power, they will not have the opportunity to come back to the right path. God does not allow them to come back because of their lack of fear, their lack of faith, because they have allowed for their evil intentions to govern them rather than love, goodness, and the mercy of God. Their hearts have become irredeemable. Only the Lord knows when that happens. But their evil intentions have overtaken them to the point that God does not want to deal with them anymore. And they remain where they are for their own judgment. Second Peter chapter 2 tells us more about these apostates, about false prophets and teachers that rise up within the universal church and what will happen to them. Where it says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words, for a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness, to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemning them to destruction, making them an example to those who afterward would live ungodly and delivered righteous Lot, who was oppressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them tormented his righteous soul from day to day by seeing and hearing their lawless deeds. Then the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. And especially those who walk according to the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise authority. They are presumptuous, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, whereas angels, who are greater in power and might, do not bring a reviling accusation against them before the Lord. But these, like natural brute beasts made to be caught and destroyed, speak evil of the things they do not understand, and will utterly perish in their own corruption, and will receive the wages of unrighteousness as those who counted pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are spots and blemishes, carousing in their own deceptions while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, enticing unstable souls. They have a heart trained in covetous practices and are accursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but he was rebuked for his iniquity. A dumb donkey speaking with a man's voice restrained the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds carried by a tempest, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness, 
the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is brought into bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse from them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. And so it should be very clear to us that whoever goes back to their sin and betrays faith in Christ for the desires and pleasures of the world, for their own personal gain, they will not have any good to look forward to. Eternal condemnation is waiting for them at the day of judgment, where God will sentence them to an eternity away from the Lord and from everything that belongs to Him. There is no more grace for them because they despised it. They found more value in sin than in the salvation of Christ. We cannot deceive and or play with the Lord. The Lord is love and merciful, but the Bible also teaches us that He is consuming fire, able to condemn for all eternity all those that raise themselves up as His adversaries, as people that cause others to stumble and fall in their faith. It is one thing to be imperfect and to have certain weaknesses like we all do, but it is another thing to exploit others and to mislead people to the way of perdition for own personal gain. That is unforgivable before the eyes of the Lord. But we must be careful because it is easy to fall into certain traps if we allow ourselves to be governed by the flesh. We always need to remember that we are always free to choose. We have free will, which means that God does not force us to follow Him. And that is easy to give to sin and to let yourself be governed by sin again if you are not careful. That is why the Bible teaches us in Philippians chapter 2 where it says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. The Lord wants to do the work in our hearts. That's his desire. But we are always free to choose. And in that ability to choose, we should work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, always keeping in mind that we can fall if we are not careful, if we don't fear the Lord, if we don't tremble at the idea of what could happen if we go down a path with no return. Hell is an awful place, and you should be afraid of it. You should be afraid of going away from the Lord. You should be afraid of what will happen when you abandon true and undefiled faith. Fear, when used appropriately, can be a very useful thing. We need to fear the Lord and what could happen when we stray away from Him. And so, I hope you're asking yourself, how can I avoid becoming one of these apostates or falling victim to these kinds of people? And the answer is, one of them, avoid overconfidence in yourself. That is a problem. Our trust should only be on the Lord and not on ourselves. We need to have our eyes set on the Lord and on His promises. The Bible tells us this example in 2 Peter chapter 1. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, 
that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For these things are yours and abound. You will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it is very clear. Salvation is through grace. It's unmerited. We can't be saved through works. But once we attain salvation through Jesus Christ, we should endeavor to keep our eyes, our hearts set on him and on doing his will. We need to add virtue and knowledge and self-control and perseverance and godliness and brotherly kindness and ultimately love to our faith. This is one of the main problems that has been happening in our Christian community, that people have been taught a false faith, that if a person just believes in Christ and that's it, that they will make it into heaven. Faith in Christ is only the beginning. In order to even start the journey, a person must repent and convert from all sins, desiring to leave all of their carnality behind and then come to faith in Christ and not just as a savior, but as Lord, as the one that is providing true guidance in every aspect of our lives, not just some areas. Jesus needs to be the Lord of our entire life without reservations. What good would it be to us if we only let Jesus govern only a few areas in our lives? People must understand that this is an all or nothing proposition. The Lord must be Lord over all of our life not just parts here and there, or wherever we think it's convenient or appropriate. This is the way we ultimately contend for our faith. It's not necessarily about arguing with other people that are wrong, or even challenging those that are using the things of God for own personal and carnal gain. It's about getting our relationship right with the Lord and following Jesus in spirit and in truth. It's about learning how to love the Lord more and more as time goes by and being more concerned over what He wants us to do about doing the Father's will than about looking to accomplish what we want. And that includes helping others come to that same realization. We must be about our Father's business if in fact we have made the Lord our Lord. That's what it's about. Doing the Father's will is what will allow for us to enter the kingdom of God through faith and the Lordship of Jesus Christ in our lives. When we keep and maintain that focus, then that is what will protect us from falling victim to evil people and keep us from becoming like those evil people, as well as giving us the ability to help others that are newer in faith that need help and guidance also. This is something we must always keep in mind. Just because we have come to faith in Christ does not mean that sin is gone from our lives. We need to deal with our internal sin through the power of the Holy Spirit, the washing of the Word of God, and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. This is the practical reason for why there must be a complete repentance and conversion from all sins as a first step when coming to faith in Christ. That's the beginning making the decision to effectively turn away from all of our wrongs. 
if we don't do that, that we will fall and give in to these of evil apostates that have infiltrated our places of worship. How is it possible to make us fall? Because they mainly appeal to our carnal desires. The way they make you fall and serve them is by appealing to the sin that is still within you. They twist and manipulate God's truth in a subtle way so that fulfilling your evil desires seems like you are following the truth. There is the ever popular health and wealth gospel, for instance. There are those that preach about love and that God will accept you just as you are and that you don't need to repent and change, justifying a sinful lifestyle, that faith alone in Christ is all you need. There are those that will tell you that salvation has nothing to do with good works and that if you just believe in Christ and that's it, that there is nothing else to do, setting you up for a barren, selfish and vain lifestyle. There are those that will teach you how to use God in faith to gain the things that you want to attain in this life, making you more focused on earthly things rather than on heavenly things and looking to do the Lord's will. Every teaching that attempts to shift your attention away from the Father's will and the Lordship of Jesus Christ in one way or another are things that come from these evil people and their source for all of their machinations are demons. Paul warned Timothy in his first letter to him about this where it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. The sources for these people are deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. When you follow them and their teachings, you are ultimately obeying these spirits and demons. Can anything good come from things like that? Evil spirits and demons are condemned for all eternity and they want the same for you. And they will make their lies as appealing as possible so you follow their same path. When you understand the nature of something, then you're able to understand what they're capable of. Evil is evil, no matter how much people with ill intentions try to dress it up and make it sound good. If you truly want eternal life, and you ultimately need to follow Jesus. He needs to be your example to follow and the source for everything in your life. He is the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And this truth stands today and for all eternity, that the Lord Jesus Christ is the only way and that his life is our example to follow. We should not follow people rather follow the Lord faithfully in spirit and in truth. That is the main way we contend earnestly for the faith, ultimately by loving the Lord with everything we are and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Everything we do should have that end in mind and nothing else. Let us pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, blessed Lord, mighty God, holy God, to you be all the praise. Heavenly Father, help us to understand the evil that some people do, the evil intentions in their hearts. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand what that is and to be able to stray away from that, to be able to go away from those things that will make us fall. Help us, O oh Lord, to learn how to love you above all things, to be able to take in your word as it is, Lord God, to be able to keep our faith true and undefiled and 
clean before you, Lord God. Help us, O Lord, to always be able to have our eyes set on Jesus. And help us, O Lord, to be able to do away with the sin, with the carnality that we have still within us. Help us, O Lord, not to give in. Help us, O Lord, not to be drawn away from your truth. For only you have words of eternal life. Help us to understand that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer, please email us through our website. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.